0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in. This is Search for Truth, your Bible teaching programme with Brian Johnston. Today Brian brings us talk number six in our series of studies from the Bible book of Daniel. If you're following the series, I hope you're enjoying the interesting uh, teaching, which is uh, relevant for today and it's from the events that surround Daniel and other characters in that book. Today's talk is called Faced with Injustice. And this time the readings are from Daniel chapter 6, if you
1: wish to follow. So let's join Brian now. Thanks, John. At the time of writing, the famous United States basketballer Michael Jordan has just been featured in the news, commenting on the number of black people shot by the police in the US and the revenge killings of police officers by blacks, which have been trending in news bulletins lately. He went on record as saying, As a proud American... A father who lost his own dad in a senseless act of violence, and a black man, I have been deeply troubled by the deaths of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement, and angered by the cowardly and hateful targeting and killing of police officers. Jordan said in a statement, I grieve with the families who have lost loved ones as I know their pain all too well. The concern there is about prejudice. The claim is that in some places people are stopped, searched and otherwise harassed for no other reason than the colour of their skin. In today's instalment from the book of Daniel, we find Daniel the victim of prejudice. We're starting at the beginning of chapter 6. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption, inasmuch as he was faithful, and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows, King Darius, live forever! all the commissioners of the kingdom the prefects and the satraps the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you o king for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den now o king establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document, that is, the injunction. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any God or man besides you, O king, for thirty days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, The statement is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. That's an example of someone on the receiving end of prejudice. There's no reason given for why those other officials wanted to get rid of Daniel. Sure, they were jealous. They'd have loved the extra promotion that he was lined up for, But to go to these lengths, to have their rival condemned to death? It certainly didn't help that Daniel was a foreigner with other beliefs. From our earliest days, perhaps, we remember in the school playground how cruel young children could be to anyone who was different. Often the person in question was the object of aggressive bullying. And it would just come down to the fact that in some way perhaps they were different, either in how they looked or spoke or even in how they moved, due to some kind of disability. It was cruel, and it was ugly, unreasonable prejudice. It's the same here with Daniel. He was also the butt of injustice. That's also been in the news in the United Kingdom. One large sportswear retailer has been criticised for treating its employees unfairly, with low pay, harsh conditions, and with severe penalties being applied for trivial offences, such as being one minute late for work. Have you ever been subjected to unfair treatment? Then you know what it feels like. It makes you want to shout out against it, to cry for justice, to try to get something done about it and to get it all sorted. Daniel was equally someone here in chapter 6 of his book who was subjected to injustice. The plot against him was clearly unfair. Daniel didn't deserve to be treated like that. The fact that his jealous colleagues who were prejudiced against him, could find no legitimate cause of complaint against Daniel proves the total injustice Daniel was facing. Now here's a question. Daniel's God was the God of heaven. Why then did God do nothing about his servant's plight? We know God was pleased with Daniel's life. We're told repeatedly that God delighted in him and even desired his happiness. So why then is heaven silent in the face of the massive and blatant injustice Daniel is experiencing at the hands of these men? Isn't that a question that we're often asked? Not about Daniel but about any contemporary injustice in the world. Ha! Many people scoff. There can't be a fair God, at least not one who's got any power at all, else why does he allow this to happen? Many use this idea as an excuse not to believe in God's existence, or at least to profess not to believe. Well, that sort of brings up the topic of religion, doesn't it? Those men who made plans against Daniel, who plotted his downfall, were cynically prepared to use his religion against him for their own political ends. We see this kind of thing today too, often in the name of political correctness. I remember the story of a nurse on a home visit. After she had attended very professionally and caringly upon her patient, she requested permission that she might pray for her. This was declined, but the nurse was also reported and suspended from duty. Then again, symbols of one religion are at times permitted to be worn in public in the workplace, but not symbols of another religion. The way in which religion gets bandied about is very political, and more and more expressions of faith are squeezed out of the public sphere. It's worse still when laws are passed which flatly contradict God's commands. But back to Daniel and the deafening silence from heaven, as inexplicably God permits the abuse of his servant. So what happened to Daniel? Let's read further chapter 6 from verse 14. Then, as soon as the king heard the statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel. And even until sunset he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognise, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting and no entertainment was brought before him and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel! Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, inasmuch as I was found innocent before him. And also towards you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever." Now, I want you to notice with me how there had been no protest from the victim before his accusers, nor before the king, as he was being led away to the lions. Daniel speaks out only after the stone is rolled away to reveal that God has vindicated him. And that ending to the incident that we've just read about shows how God was ultimately glorified in the delivery of the godly from trial. As we've thought, in a world of prejudice and injustice, where religion is politicised and legislation contravenes God's decrees, God's silence is baffling to many, as is his allowing the abuse of his faithful followers. But from the far side of another stone, the stone that was rolled away when Jesus defeated death, his New Testament spokespersons proclaim ultimate justice's coming. They tell of a day in which God will judge this world through Jesus Christ who died and rose again. Then ultimate justice will be served and every wrong will be set to right and all will glorify God for the fact that he knew when to be silent and he knew when to speak and how to vindicate the righteous at the right time so that in the end his name is glorified.
0: The hymn we've just heard speaks of a day when jesus will be king and justice and truth from his scepter shall spring and wrong shall be ended when jesus is king Uh, glorious to look forward to isn't it Uh, daniel decoded is the title of the transcript book for this series and it's a reminder of all that's been said it's very helpful to have one and it's free you can also download many of our books and talks via the internet but the hard copy book for this series is available to you by asking for the title Daniel Decoded. You can order by email or by post, and here's our address Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Also look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org and this will give you another excellent way of accessing again what you first heard here on air. So many thanks for listening, sorry we've got to the end of today's broadcast, but it's been great to have your company and I hope you're enjoying this series if you're following from week to week. If you can, do join us again for another talk in this series next week. But for now, it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, studio technician, David, and our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you.
2: We okay.